0: But our primary focus will be on what we believe our the film succeeds at, some fun facts, and our personal enjoyment factors of each film. With that said, we hope you enjoy the show. And a gentleman. The movie that still has audiences across the nation standing up and cheering. Join the Navy. You join the Navy. What's so funny? <laughs> you, man. Fly in the Lord, be the name. Four. clung Jets. Wanna fly jets? If yeah. yeah. I don't
1: stand there, to yourself. Officers don't have tattoos. Oh! Let's go, let's go. What's your name, boy?
0: Mayo! Zach Mayo! Sir. You got a girl, Mayo? No. I ain't looking for one either. When are you looking for? tell you something about the local girls that come across the salad on the ferry every weekend. Just one
1: thing in mind.
0: they have to marry themselves a naval aviator.
1: I heard about these girls who are looking for a husband. Tell me. Use every means
0: necessary, fair and unfair, oh, oh, to put you up, to expose your weaknesses as a potential no aviator and as a human being. I expect to lose half of you before I'm finished. Get out of here. I think it'd be a gas fly. Just how far would you go to get that? Would you let yourself get pregnant? Don't trick me. I'll try to trap you. So, Zach, what do you do with a girl when you're no. through
1: with her, huh? I see you've had some training, man, eh? Oh. Every class, there's always
0: yeah, one oh joker who thinks that he's smarter than me. What you kind know. oh, of a human being are you? You better lock it up, boy. I'm trying to be nice to you. I'm trying to be your friend, Zach. You know, why would a slick little hustler like you want to sign up for this kind of abuse anyway? fly jets. My grandmama wants
1: to fly jets. I'm to believe I'm actually going to make it
0: you make it. Oh, go out! Don't do it! Don't, don't, don't! I got lower else to go! up where All
1: right, guys. Welcome back to the Tragedy of podcast. I am your host, Jimbo. And I'm your co-host, Kyle. Kyle, today we'll be talking about my pick, the uh, an officer and a gentleman. Mm, that's right. Right. So, from 1982. Um, Kyle, before we get started... I have a question for you.
0: Okay, Jim, ask me a question.
1: Kyle, uh, why are you the way you are? No, I'm <laughs> kidding. What is the, wrong with the, you? The, the, no, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, this obviously stars Richard Gere and um, what's her name, Deborah Winger. Deb- Deborah Winger. Winger. Yeah. If this was remade today, who do you think would be playing an officer in a gentleman? Who do you think those two would be playing? <laughs> Kyle,
0: uh, no. <laughs> Stop. Ryan Reynolds, Zendaya—it's <laughs> nice just, just, it's just terrible. Uh, I don't know any. Just yeah, it'd be The Rock and <laughs> <laughs> The Rock. <laughs> I mean, You need like a young 20-something. So I don't even know. I don't know. Like Zendaya like, for the girl? Like who? Tom Holland maybe? Like, yeah. Maybe actually that would actually make probably, that would actually probably work your ride. Yeah. So you, like you need some young 20-something actors. I, honestly, I don't know many off the top of my head. Right. <laughs> yeah. feel
1: far between. Yeah. So oh, Kyle. You need. And by the way, guess who's coming to Indiana Comic Con? Did who you Who is coming to Indiana Comic Con? Al from... Home Improvement's going to be there. Oh, snap. and I'm going to have him sign a photo that says, "I don't think so, Jim." Be <laughs> that's fantastic. That's awesome. So, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah so I, if I, you're in the area and you're coming to downtown Indianapolis for the end of Comic Con, I believe it's in March. Come, come, hit me and call up. We'll be there. Yeah. I'm sure.
0: I just got the uh, the Smallville show last year. Finally, I, like, I watched. Oh, like that's the, good. I watched the first few seasons of it, but I never finished the whole series. So Neither, go but it's good. Watch it all the first, the gets... first
1: two seasons, you get so bad. <laughs> like, just tell, yeah. just tell her. Just tell her already. Tell her already. <laughs> but before oh, we get sidetracked, yeah. Kyle, going us kick off an officer and a gentleman. Yep. Actually, but I want to ask you a question. What made well, you want to choose this film? Um, two reasons. One, I've never watched it. Mm-hmm. And um, number two is I've always seen the ending of this where he busts into the factory and carries her out in his fuel full white thing, singing uh, with the song uh, Love Live to Somewhere We Belong. And I was like, I've got to see this movie, because what makes him go and do this? And everybody cheers, he's carrying her out. And I wanted to know. And it's one of those movies that if we don't do it on the podcast, I'm never going to watch it.
0: You're right. So,
1: I mean, I know there's a lot of movies that we pick that neither one of us would ever watch if we weren't doing this. You're totally right. So, that's why we do this podcast, Kyle.
0: Awesome reading, reading, Jimbo. All right. well, I'll I'll dive into it here. An Officer and a Gentleman released on August 13th and 1982. Follows Were you a, born yet, Kyle? No, I was not born. I was not born for another 11 years. I was five
1: years old.
0: <laughs> it was negative 11. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the officer gentleman follows the story of a young man who must complete his work as a Navy officer candidate in school to become an aviator with the help of a tough gunnery sergeant and his new girlfriend, played by Deborah Winger. Um, um, this film was directed by Taylor Hackford, um, written by Douglas Day Stewart, produced by Martin Elfrin. Composer was Jack Nisch. Cinematographer was Donald E. Thorne. Editor was Peter Zinner. Casting director was Nancy Clopper, and production designer was Philip M. Jeffries. Budget for the film was $7.5 million in 1982, very modest budget for the time. Just for inflation, that'd be about $23.9 million today. Opening weekend only made three point three million dollars, probably going like for the suits back in the day too. And just for inflation that'd be about ten point five million dollars. But this film had a big old long tail to it in the box office, grossing an incredible one hundred and twenty-nine point eight million dollars worldwide in nineteen eighty-two, just for inflation that'd be $413 million today. So this film <laughs> made bank butter. <laughs> I've got some
1: notes in here too.
0: Like this is one of those films where you go back and you realize, like, man, Richard Gere had some star power to him and I think people forget about that. Because yeah,
1: he was like, just like a pretty woman in first, like, first night's yeah, yeah. tell or first well, night so whatever. Like, to be honest, he probably hasn't been in a real big film in the last... Fifteen years, if not more. Well, you know. I mean, I think he probably hit his peak when he was in all those films with Julia Roberts. You're
0: right. You're right too. But also, like, it's surprising that he's still not a huge star today. Like, like, I guess like Bill Murray kind of still is, you know, despite you know being big in the '80s as well, you know. Um, but Richard Gere kind of fell off after uh, you know fifteen years. Largely political reasons, but we'll get into that another time. <laughs> Say that for another day. No, no we won't. <laughs> well, n- n- yes and no. You're right. <laughs> no, no, no.
1: I'm right. <laughs> There's no yes and no. No, no, no. we won't. <laughs> Obviously,
0: he was excluded. It's, it's a thing. It's a story, but like, it's not. Like, we don't have to give it like an opinion on, it, but just acknowledge what happened. Um, <laughs> so, uh, where was I at? Uh, okay, budget film made bank. Um, so we're gonna move on to some of the awards of the film here. Um, we have the. 1984 Academy of Giant Japanese Academy, the, what? the, the, the awards bit. of the Japanese Academy in
1: 1984. I thought you
0: said Chinese comedy. Chinese <laughs> like, comedy. What? Yes, no, the awards of the <laughs> Japanese Academy where it won the award for Best Foreign Language Film. Wow. First award, listen for the um, award show right there. Uh, then we have the 1984 Jupiter Awards, where it was nominated for the Best International Actor for Richard Gere's role and Best International Film for the director, Taylor Hackford. At the 1983 Academy Awards, it was nominated for an Oscar for Best Music or Original Score. Um, Also nominated for the Best Actress in a Leading Role, Deborah Winger. And won the Oscar for Best Actor in a Supporting Role to Louis Grusset Jr. Gossip. Gossip, sorry, Gossip. And uh, won the Oscar for Best Music or Original Song for the song, Up Where We Belong. Nominated for Best Film Editing. And also nominated for Best Writing and Screenplay Written Directly for the Screen. In 1983, it was also nominated for the Outstanding Directorial Achievement Award in the Motion Picture for the Directors Guild of America. And then for the 1983 Golden Globes Awards, it won the award for Best Original Song for the song Up Where We Belong. And then it also won the Best Actor in a Supporting Low for Lewis Gossett Jr. Gossett, Gossett. 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 Yeah, got it. I'm Gossett. gonna give myself a G <laughs> A He's a gaw. He's a set, man. <laughs> and then for the nineteen eighty three Writers Guild of America Awards, it was nominated for the best drama to written directly for the screen. And then for the nineteen eighty two awards, it won the image award for best performance by an actor in motion picture for Lewis Gossett Jr. <laughs> getting that pronunciation perfect I'm sure uh, for those of that and don't
1: know Kyle has never seen Iron Eagle so it's kind of a disappointing <laughs> that he doesn't even know what that is so I had no idea if it's existed he needs to watch now. it I'm telling you you didn't know there was four movies to be fair I knew there was three and yeah. I didn't know yeah. they, they, snuck they snuck did, a probably directed DVD <laughs> that, probably, that I
0: didn't see probably, probably want to direct a VHS don't worry by next year there'll a be a fifth one You're in exactly the works I'm sure the, the reboot <laughs> yeah. exactly I mean, starring Gun, The Rock. It, it top Gun went so well. I guess starring The Rock and Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> selling their alcohol brands respectively. Uh, and then in 1982, it also won the Image Award for Best Motion Picture. And then finally for the 1982 National Board of Review Awards, it won the award for being part of the top ten films of that year. <laughs> Technical details for the film. This film has a run time of 124 minutes. The sound next is a pure mono recording, which I'm surprised by a theatrical release only having a mono recording, mm. not a stereo um, surround some kind of recording. So is But a 1982? 1982. 1982 for uh, Richard? For, okay, but still. <laughs> I thought it would deserve a full one, you know, at least a two channel, at least. But no, mono recording on that aspect. Um, this is a color film. Has an aspect ratio above 1.85 by 1, commonly known as a nine, And the camera used was the PanaFlex camera lenses by Panavision. So that's the technical details on that end. Um, okay, moving forward here. Um, soundtrack, of course, includes the track Up Where We Belong, the theme from Officer and Gentleman and Treat Me Right. By uh, Doug Lubon and "Hungry for Love" and a few other tracks on that thing, but now we're going to move on to the cast here, where of course we have the uh, protagonist of the film, Richard Gere, playing the role of Zach Mayo. Richard Gere, of course, also incredibly well known for such film roles such as Pretty, uh, his role in Pretty Woman in 1990, um, his role in the musical film Chicago in 2002, and uh, probably one of those probably one of his latest works was Haichi, uh, a Dog's Tale in 2009. Have you watched that? Uh, I watched bits pieces of it. I oh, never shit. sat down and watched it before, but I've heard good things. Kind of a sad movie. I did, yeah, that's where kind of like that's where I was like, I don't know if I watch this film because it just seems kind of like a downer. <laughs> <laughs> You're not really in a good way. We're like, I'm gonna leave it and feel better about myself later. Like, no, I think it's just a downer overall. Um next up we have Deborah Winger playing the character of Paula. Deborah Winger was also in the films Turns of a in nineteen eighty-three, Urban Cowboy with John Travolta in nineteen eighty, and Legal Eagles in nineteen eighty-six. Then next up, we have David Keith playing Sid Worley. David Keith was also in the film Behind Enemy Lines in 2001, Firestarter in 1984, and Raw Justice in 1990, 1994. Next up, we have Robert Lute, um, Lagia. Loggia. I'm going to say Lagia. Um playing the role of Brian Mayo. Um, I forget the name, Robert Loggia's name. I, he's a good actor. <laughs> I forget him that's um, but Robert Lagia playing the role of Brian Mayo, who's Zach's and Mayo's father in the film. Only has one scene there in the opening there. Well, I want technically guess one or two scenes because it's a little bit of a childhood before the rest of the film. Um, but um, Robert Lagia was also in the film such as Big in 1988, where he plays the um, business tycoon and kind of like the next father figure for Tom Hanks' character in that film. Over the Top in 1987, and Scarface in 1983. Tom top much on his own right there. Next up, we have Lisa Blunt playing the character of Linetti. Um, Linetti. Um, Lisa Blunt was also in the film Prince of Darkness in 1987, Crystal in 2004, and Blind Fury in 1989. And then we have Lisa Elbacher playing the character of Casey Seeker. Lisa um, was also in the film Beverly Hills Cop in 1984, 10 to Midnight in 1983, and Leviathan in 1989. Then next up, we have Lewis Lewis Gossett Jr. playing the role of Sergeant Emil Foley. Lewis Gossett Jr. was also in the film Enemy Mine in 1985, and he was also the main star of the films Iron Eagle and Iron Eagle 2 and 3 and 4, released in 86, 88, 92, and 95, respectively. And then also he was in the film Jaws 3D in 1983. Moving forward here, we have Tony Plana playing the role of, of uh, Emmanuel della Serra. Serra. Um, Tony Plana was also in the film Ugly Betty in 2006. Three Amigos in 1986. <laughs> and Roman J. Israel Esquire in 2017. So recent film roles going on here, and right there. Kind of, uh, you know, still current actor, if you will. Um, and next up, we have Harold Sylvester playing the role of the Perryman. Harold Sylvester was also in the film Space in 1987. Uncommon Valor in 1983, and Fast Break in 1979. Then next up, we have David Caruso playing the role of Toppy D- Topper Daniels. Uh, David Caruso, easily recognizable from this film role in First Blood in 1982, and as the main character of CSI Miami from 2002-2012.
1: was he in that movie Jade? Was that, that the name of the movie, Jade?
0: Uh, not off the top of my head. I don't remember that movie. Um, but he was also in the film Twins for a brief scene in 1983. and uh, 1988, sorry. Twins was 1988. Then we have Victor French playing the role of Joe Um, Perifke, um Joe Perifka. Sorry, um, Victor French was also in the film Highway to Heaven from 19, uh, the show Highway to Heaven from nineteen eighty four to nineteen eighty nine, and Little House on the Prairie from nineteen seventy four to nineteen eighty three, and a ton of uh, small TV movies, um, also related to Little House on the Prairie. Next up, we have Grace Zabitsky playing the role of. Um, uh, S- Esther, Esther, um, uh, Deborah Winger's mother in the film. Um, Grace was also in the film Inland Empire in 2006, Rosemount in 2015, and The Burning Bed in 1984. And that's going to conclude the cast of Officer and Gentleman. Did I actually cross I think I missed Gossett, actually. Wait, <laughs> cast you, list. you said it.
1: Down I did. In Iron Eagle, remember? You just did all the... Oh, yeah, okay, okay. I didn't get Gossett there.
0: Good, good. I'm making sure. All
1: right, and that concludes the cast list of Officer and Gentleman. Do you have a nice plot summary for us? Did you read one? I don't
0: oh, know. yeah, yeah, I read one. Oh, a young man must complete his work as a Navy candidate oh, school okay. officer.
1: Yeah. So... The, another reason I chose this is it's also it's kind of a drama, but it's also got a little love story to it, um, almost like a hallmark but, vibe in but, my respect. You know, what people need to realize when they're going into this: yes, these there's girls or ladies in the world of this movie, probably in real life too, that they're always looking for somebody in the navy to hook up with, basically to trap them, if you will, by getting pregnant. Tying them down, stuff like that. And that's a little undertone of this movie with uh, the secondary characters of this film. It plays a vital role, especially towards the end of the film. Um, it t- it touches on suicide. Um, there's a lot of a lot of different elements to this movie. It was one of the reasons I chose it. But let's talk about some of the facts and stuff before we give our opinions on this. So here we go. When I get to some of these, they're going to say, here's who could have played this and this, Kyle. You just let me know what you think and All if right. they could have. So the first out of the, out of the bat... So to turn down the lead role, at the advice of his agent, was none other than John Travolta. John Travolta would have been excellent for this role, um, although
0: he's not tall enough. They would have, they would have filmed around it just fine. Right. He's not a tall actor in this. Well, one. Tom Cruise can do a
1: lot of those. He's, he's a short guy too. I think he's like what five six maybe. Yeah, still like they that? have to do some selective filming on that kind of scenario. There's another one. Tall. John Denver. John Denver. <laughs> Take home. I know, right? But I mean, it' could have worked. He said he turned it down because he said it read like a 1950s movie. I I, I, can I you agree see with that can I you agree see that. him doing it. I only if he did the soundtrack. That's too. what i If he
0: did the soundtrack like, too, then that's his film. <laughs> that's a that's a totally different film, but that's his film. I would love to see uh, that.
1: Lisa Erlbacher, um I forgot her name. She was the uh, the late Lisa, I think. Yes, uh, said that the hardest part about doing her. Uh, obstacle course scenes was pretending she was out of shape. In fact, she reports say that she was the best physical edition of all the actors. <laughs> Not surprised by it. But, <laughs> but she did a good job yeah, acting yeah. like she could. I mean. A <laughs> uh, former Marine drill instructor turned actor, R. Lee Ermey, coached Lew- Lewis Gossett Jr. for his role as the Gunnery Sergeant Foley. Ermy played a tough and profane drill instructor in what movie, Kyle? Of course, uh, the, the, the Vietnam film. What's the name of it
0: now? Full uh, Metal full jacket. jacket. Thank you. Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> I was going to say. Here we go. We <laughs> were talking about it earlier today.
1: <laughs> oh, Kyle. You're in rare form today. Yeah, I was thinking that film too. Uh, like, was while that, watching it, like, yeah, Lee Army would have been an interesting role. They got oh yeah. Uh, the motel scenes were filmed at the Tides Motel in Port Townsend, Washington. The room they used still has a wooden plaque on the door commemorating its use in this movie. That's really cool. Uh, Producer Don Simpson unsuccessfully demanded that the ballad Up Where We Belong be cut from the film, saying this song is no good. It isn't a hit. The song only later became the number one song on the Billboard chart and won the Academy Award for Best Song. He wanted a similar song called On the Wings of Love by Jeffrey Osborne. This uh, The song was released a few months later. It peaked at number 29 on the Billboard oh chart. Gosh, it is
0: such a sappy song, too. It's so cheesy. <laughs> you were over here singing it before oh we started. Because it's so cheesy.
1: <laughs> it's, but it's, it's catchy. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. Um, the Deborah Winger did not... Did not enjoy her time on this movie, and we'll talk about a few reasons why. So here we go. Deborah Winger negotiated her own contract with no agent before she had seen the revised script and was not happy when she found out that uh, she would be doing a nude scene. Oh. She asked to be covered up for the scene but was told that since she hadn't thought to ask for a no-nudity clause in her contract, she would have to do the scene as written. Uh. I was like, come on, guys. Get... Can- you know don't, it's, it's, don't, it's, yeah, it's one of those that. That. yeah I don't know <laughs> uh, the role of Paula which was her friend almost went to Kim Basinger Kim Basinger she could have oh, done, yeah, done that yeah she uh, could have done that here you go uh, for the uh, Taylor Hackford uh, Taylor Hackford's original choice for the lead role was Jeff Bridges Jeff Bridges but he oh. had to turn it down due to a busy schedule Bridges played the leading man in Hackford's Against All Odds yeah
0: he would have been great for the role too <laughs> yeah
1: uh, director Tyler or Taylor Hackford purposely kept Louis Gossett Jr. In, uh, living in separate quarters from the rest of the cast to further his character's intimidating presence as a drill instructor. Mm-hmm. Worked That's well. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Louis Gossett Jr.'s Best uh, Actor and Supporting Role Academy Award win was the first Oscar in that category won by an African American, and the first for an African American in any acting category since Sidney Poitier's Best Actor for Lilies of the Field. Wow.
0: So someone's like, Oscar so light moment.
1: <laughs> oh, here you go. Here's, here's uh, some roles concerned for Zach Mayo, Dennis Quaid. Going great for it. yeah. And Christopher Reeve. Wow. You know, a lot of people don't understand, Christopher Reeve was a great actor. And I'm not just saying just for Superman. Some of his other stuff is fantastic. Somewhere I, I, in Time. It's a great movie. Yeah. Noises Off great yeah. movie
0: Christopher Reeve is kind of a perfect actor only matched by him being that good of a person in real life too <laughs> that's what I'm saying and, I,
1: and, I, and you know I would have loved to see what he would have done if he wouldn't have had that tragic accident and yep. then I mean what while, while films he would have started? in I think he would have oh just my he gosh. would have been up there yeah. he would have yeah, been yeah. like it's, a leading it's, man it's,
0: for it's, it's, it's kind of insane like, like similar levels of like like almost like Mr. Rogers-esque like how like humanity and like generally talent as a person just kind of level where it's just like man it's impossible to know how much he could have done if he stayed around forever like he could have lived to 100 and like Still done great stuff, right? If not for that tragic accident, yeah. I mean, granted, he's about paralyzed. he still did great work, Well, there. right? But I'm just you saying, know,
1: inspiring, yeah. You know, Christopher Reeves is awesome, that's what we're I saying. He's <laughs> Superman to me. I mean, he is my Superman, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always will be, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Ken Wall turned down the lead role. I'm not even really sure who that is, I needed to look into some more of head. stuff. So, uh, casting the role of Gunnery Sergeant Emery Foley was very difficult. First, none of the A listed actors approached for the part, including Jack Nicholson, was interested. Oh, yeah. Second, Mandy uh Patinkin, you know who that is, right? Uh not of my head. I'm anigo Montoya. Oh, I that would, believe. That's awesome. Uh gave an audition that the producers loved, but director Taylor Hackford uh nixed their plan to cast Penton because he felt that the actor was too uh, too ath- ethnic to play a drill instructor. Mm. Finally, the producers did research in Pensacola, Florida and learned that uh all of the top drill instructors there was an African uh Learned that all of the top drill instructors there were African American. This led to Louis Gossett Jr. being cast, role that would win him an Academy Award.
0: That's really interesting demographics, there. I
1: I, (laughs) love the digging the reasons of society why that is the case. It is, but interesting nonetheless. The final budget for this film was only a mere six million dollars. Part of it's due to Navy's refusal to support the production and the skepticism of the studio on whether it would be a commercial success.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see the military kind of want uh, yeah, to stay
1: away from that. It was like, ah,
0: oh, themes of suicide and yeah, yeah. being uh, sleuthed by girls and those kind of things like that, I mean seduced by women. And I'm sure that was probably like, we don't want to touch the 10-foot pole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, here you go. In a 2013 interview, so just, what, 11 years ago now, Richard Gere said that he and Louis Gossett Jr. were specially trained for the karate scenes that are used in the basic training sequences in this film. Gear had apparently mastered his karate moves while Gossett reportedly continued to struggle with them after being trained. Frustrated and not thinking clearly, Gear actually kicked Gossett in the groin during filming, to which Gossett responded by leaving the set very abruptly. He did not show up again to the set for another two days afterwards. In order to keep filming moving forward and not uh, uh, fall behind, Gear and director Taylor Hackford called upon another black karate expert who stood in as a double for Gossett so the scene could wrap up filming. Despite this incident, Gear has said that he takes full responsibility for it even all these years later and that has not ruined a mutual friendship between him and Gossett. He uh, has said he and Gossett still see each other on occasion and reminisce about how much uh, they enjoyed making the film together. It's good that we kinda, they buried the hatchet there for sure.
0: I, I can certainly understand being a little emotionally well, distraught after being kicked saying, in the groin. I'm just saying... I don't think I'd walk off this. <laughs>
1: they had to stretch me off this. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Crying kick. After a wheelchair, after doing a few hops. Something like that, too. Yeah, but it's good he didn't hold a grudge for that kind of moment, too. I think that shows in the scene, too, where it is clear that uh, uh, Richard Gere is, like, dominating um, Lewis in the fight, and the only reason he wins is because he fights dirty in that last moment, too. Yep. I, I actually, I really love that scene a lot.
1: <laughs> Though not stated, Gunnery Sergeant Ermo Foley is a Vietnam War veteran, which is shown by his metal ribbons, which include the Vietnam service medal with three campaign stars and there's a whole list of other medals here so
0: yeah
1: according to lewis gossett jr in his book an actor and a gentleman richard Gere and deborah winger did not get along during filming and would distance themselves from each other significantly when the cameras were rolling oh wow that's got to be hard making a movie with somebody you just can't stand you know <laughs> but also just shows like their professionalism the fact that right. they could sell it on they, screen because on screen you thought, the thought screen. they loved each other yeah 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 Although she was nominated for Best, Act, uh, Best Actress Oscar for her role in this film and it remains her biggest commercial success to date, Deborah Winger despises this movie and has said she likes to deny that she ever had any involvement in it to begin with. Oh, wow. Wow. That's sad. <laughs> Paula shows Zach a photograph of her biological father revealing that he was an officer candidate. The picture was actually of screenwriter Douglas Day Stewart when he graduated from Pensacola. So that's pretty cool. Cool aspect there. Yeah. Uh, the role of Paula was originally given to Sigourney Weaver.
0: I, yeah. no, no, I can't see. I always prove Sigourney Weaver in any role she's in, but
1: it's also <laughs> not then well for her. It was offered to uh, Angelica Houston and later to Jennifer Jason Leigh, who dropped out to do Fast Times at Ridgemont High instead. Eventually, Deborah Winger replaced Lee, uh, Lee for the role of Paula. Rebecca de Mornay, Meg Ryan, and Gina Davis auditioned for the role, too. Wow, Meg Ryan would have been amazing, too. Gina uh, Davis is great, as well. Meg Ryan was really good back then. Gina, yeah, I really... I mean, Rebecca de Mornay is pretty good, too. So, I, I mean, all those would have been fine. I mean, you yeah, can yeah. intertwine. I think I think Paula's role in this, you can intertwine with anybody. I think it had been fine.
0: That's kind of, like... Yeah, kind of not against film, too, but like how simple the female role is. Like, she can be played by anyone pretty. <laughs> that's actually kind of the I mean, like, thing. That's, mean, that's, that's all it sure. is to her character. She can be played by anyone pretty, and it works. Uh, um,
1: the blimp hanger used for the famous fight scene between Louis Gossett Jr. and Richard Geard is located at Fort Warden State Park. And as of 2013, it's still intact, but has been converted into a 1,200-seat performing arts center called the McCurd, McCurdy Pavilion. Mm-hmm. Uh the decompression chamber was one of the only sets constructed for the film and as of two thousand thirteen it's also still intact in the basement of building number two two five of the Fort Warden State Park. It can be seen throughout the windows of the seen through the windows of the building's basement. Fine. All right, here we go, Kyle. This is well, The Obstacle Course was built for, especially for this film. But here we go. This this note says this was the third highest grossing film of 1982. So I got out my old trusty computer and I said, that just doesn't seem right. 1982 had a lot of films, so or the great hits. So um, I looked at the domesticated box office. So here we go. Are you all ready? right? Here's, 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 here's the four. I found four. This came in at number five in the domestic box office, so I don't know where her third highest grossing came from. But here we go. Number 1, ET. ET,
0: makes sense. Number
1: 2, Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> number 3, Rocky 3. Wow. And number 4 on Golden Pot and then this came in 5th. But also, I found out that this film for the the, the gross rating for this film comes in uh, all-time for an R-rated movie by the MPAA ranks number 87 of all-time for yeah. R-rated movie.
0: Man, I feel like if it wasn't for just like a small amounts of nudity, I think there really could have been like if this one would have been, been made, a G movie. Uh, yeah, well, if this movie was a PG thirteen, like this movie could have been an easy PG thirteen if made today. Easy PG thirteen yeah. if made today. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's kind of like it's surprising they even did take an R back in nineteen eighty two. I don't know if the. I have to go back in my head when PG thirteen was introduced, but like this film. Probably should have had a PG-13 cut. Would have been even more successful. Just put it out there. <laughs> uh,
1: the U.S. Navy did not permit filming at uh, NAS Pensacola, Florida, the site of the actual aviation officer candidate school in 1981. Deactivated U.S. Army Base Fort Warden stood in the location of the school, an actual naval air station in the uh, Puget Sound area. Uh NAS Woodby island, however. the uh, That installation, which is still an operating air station today, was and is in fleet base for operational combat aircraft and squadrons under the cognizance of Naval Air Force Pacific, not a Naval Air Training Command installation. Dwight Yoakam was a lead singer in the band at the ball singing Tie a Yellow Ribbon round the Old Oak Tree. You know who Dwight Yoakam is Kyle? No. Country singer. Kyle, country singer. Country singer. <laughs> The Are You Calling Me a uh, Ooh? lecture that Louis Casa Jr. gives to David Keith was used a decade earlier, except for the cursing and the sexual references on the series Gomer Pyle from the USMC. Hmm. At the beginning of the movie, Louis Casa Jr. drills sergeant character tells the recruits they've been listening to Mick Jagger music and bad Mouth your country. At the end, Mick Jagger is replaced with punk rock music instead of <laughs> Mick Jagger. So. That's funny. Uh, The bar scene and the fight with the locals was filmed in and outside the town tavern in Port Townsend, Washington. The technical advisor on the film, retired Navy Captain Bill Graves, has a second credit as he played the officer who swore in the graduating class of cadets. Now, newly commissioned ensigns, he wore his own uniforms and decorations in the two scenes. Oh, that's awesome. I think that's really awesome. Uh, Lynette's car is a 1962 Ford Falcon Futura Deluxe. Mayo does the same moves, uh, and this is something interesting. Mayo does the same moves to the bar patron Troy that the muggers did to him at the beginning when he was child. Oh, that's really cool. I think too. That's really cool. A nice throwback. Yeah. It's a uh, moment. Yep. In his book, an actor and a gentleman, Lou Gossett Jr. says, although uh, he was honored to win his Oscar for this film, especially being in competition with other veteran actors. He was disappointed that his co-star Richard Gere was not only not nominated for an Oscar, but he felt Gere should have been nominated and even won an Oscar for his role in this film. Many critics and others agreed with Gossett's sentiment feeling Gere should have been nominated for this performance, and as of January uh, 2022, Gere has yet to be nominated for an Oscar.
0: That's shocking.
1: To think that that is very shocking. That is shocking to think about. I, I did mean, not consider that
0: Richard Gere never, never, an Oscar for the amount of work he's put in the Hollywood. He really is underpraised. Uh, at I least think.
1: a lifetime achievement
0: Oscar or something for everything he's done so far. Yeah, yeah. I gotta check. Like, what if it is, does he doesn't? even have like a star on Hollywood? That would just drive me crazy. Like, what do you mean don't a star on Hollywood? I like, to go, I'll, him, I'll check to see if he's got a star on
1: Hollywood Walk of Fame. All right. um, uh, this movie is referenced by Lisa Kudrow, Phoebe, in season one, episode ten of blockbuster television show Friends. Uh, Deborah Winger has said the environment I said during the sex scene with Richard Gere was so uncomfortable that she chose to let he herself be raw with emotion. Yeah. Oh, he does have a he
0: does have a he does have a Hollywood star oh, on the Hall oh of Fame. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs>
1: So she said, it was one of the worst experiences of my life. Filming the hotel room scenes was really uncomfortable. She explained, I didn't feel especially close to Richard Gere, and every time the director wanted us to kiss, I felt like bursting into tears. (laughs) Every time we record, there is some tragedy. Of course, when you live a mile away from a hospital, that's bound to happen. Uh, Richard Gere balked at shooting the ending of the film in which Zach arrives at Paula's factory wearing his naval dress, whites, and carries her off the factory floor. Gear thought that the ending would not work because it was too sentimental. Taylor, which is one of the reasons I chose this movie because I had never seen it. Hmm. But it's something you see in, like they do clips, you see it all the time. Yeah, yeah, six in your mind. Yeah, Taylor Hackford agreed with Gear until during a rehearsal, the extras playing the workers began to cheer and cry when G- Gear saw the scene later with the mu- uh, music underneath up where we belong at the right tempo, he said it gave him chills. Gear is now convinced Hackford made the right decision. Screenwriter Michael Hogg or Haig in his book Writing Screenplays That Cell echoes this opinion. I don't believe that those who criticize the Cinderella style ending were paying very close attention to who exactly is rescuing whom. Mm-hmm. Good point. Uh for yeah, the scene oh, where David Keith point. swallows the engagement ring. Oh, this is this is rough. You remember where he swallows the engagement ring because she mm-hmm. did what well, she said no? Yeah. He would actually swallow the ring, but it was attached to a string so that he could pull it right back up. In one of you, you see, he had to do the scene about ten times, and oh, it was awful.
0: gosh gosh. Uh, uh, <laughs> the gag replay. Just, like floss around it. Yeah. Ah! Ah!
1: Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> Although okay. they do appear in two scenes with each other, neither Deborah Winger nor Louis Gossett Jr.'s characters ever interact with one another during the course of the film. Oh, wow. And, Kyle, I think we'd be remiss to say that... Um, what's his name i just said david keith david keith he played who sid war yeah Yeah. so sid and then his woman of this film which was Uh, uh lisa blunt uh lynette yeah lynette she's this is the part of the story that this so you have the happy ending well this couple she says that she's pregnant and he decides that hey i'm gonna marry this girl you know, marry me, and go back, and I think he's got a girlfriend back home that he's getting married to, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and she her said, older
0: brother's girlfriend who died in Vietnam.
1: So she she says, "I'm not going to marry you." You know, um, Did she tell him that there wasn't a baby too? I can't remember. I she know tells she, him that she, she
0: is no baby, but she didn't tell him that she made up the baby's running for like or like she had her period, lost the baby, kind right. of thing like that. Yeah.
1: So yeah. the next thing you see is um, nobody could find him, or she, no Richard Gear and. Paula let me back up because
0: like yeah she, she basically she, she, she tells him that she's late on her period so like there may be a baby scare or something like that too and then like he says like you know so he makes the commitment of like okay so he does a D-O-R leaves and then pronounces hey I'm going to marry you you know I, I, I left the altar myself I, to... I disqualified myself I want to marry you I want to take you back to Oklahoma where be I'll a be a, a farmer be a father to this baby all kind of stuff too and then she tells him like there is no baby I have a period nothing to worry about the baby like that At that point um, He says like Hey do you know what I still want to marry you I still DOR I still disqualified myself I still want to marry you And have a life with you At that point she just breaks his heart And is like No I want to marry an officer Right How dare
1: you I can't believe you quit he, he quit you know? Just because she was wanting The fame and the fortune And the money And yeah. travel the world And all that So basically Nobody could get a hold of him Man, Richard Gere And uh Paul. Deborah Winger Yeah, yeah. They they go and they talk to her. Hey, have you seen him? And they said she said Yeah, he was here, but he's gone. You know, and kind of. Him, and then they take off going to the hotel, and they go in there and they say, Hey, is he here? And they said Yeah, he's in this room. And they go in there and they find him hanging in the shower. And I mean, it's such a touching scene. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's okay. It's it's, it's a horrifyingly
0: sad scene too, where it's like oh. even Richard Gere is holding his body, oh, yeah. and he's just he's just, he's almost in tears. It's like you never said goodbye. It's yeah. just like. Oh, heart I energy, just dude. can't even deal with that. Right? <laughs> I, was like, I can't I was even like, process that. Like, <laughs> just
1: swallow it and swallow the world. <laughs> I know. I was like, man, this is yeah. this is this this took a serious turn real quick. Yeah. Um. So I mean, but that's why I think I like this movie. I think the, the drama aspect of it. I know we talked a little bit earlier. I was like, why? Why is this even a movie? <laughs> you know, or why is this even good? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I my I am going to go first it. this time, go and for I it. think. Yeah. I think after watching so many war movies over the year, or even training camp movies like uh, Full Metal Jacket, Saving Private Ryan, all those movies, um, this was different um, because all he wanted to do was be an officer. And when you see the struggles that he's going through. I mean, you see him set up his own uh, thing where he cleans people's boots and belt buckles or he trades them for stuff, you know, and he yeah. has them stashed in the ceiling. Um and you see the struggles that he has with his other uh, fellow officers. But he always is there to help push the one lady that couldn't – Lisa, I think, is her name – that couldn't get over the wall. You know, he says, you're getting over this. He could have he broke so many records. He could have right. broke the record at the end for the fastest thing. But no – he goes back and he helps her. He says, look, you get o- we're getting over this wall together. Yeah, he develops Because if the character she didn't get over that wall, she wasn't going to graduate, they yeah. said. Yeah. So-
0: and he gives uh, Harold Perryman uh, Perryman character his belt buckle. He gives him those spare buckle buckles he has all shined up for him over the weekend. Kind of those things like right. that too. So he develops this character who doesn't think just for himself, isn't a loner, and becomes a better person in that respect. Well, you I know? mean, he's cheating the system by, g- by getting all this extra contraband to pass out. Yeah, yeah but, but-, but when he's discovered, he then gives Perryman... Fresh vegetables, right. presumably that he did himself, <laughs> right? Yeah.
1: Um, so I, so I think, I think the reason I like this movie so much is because it shows the growth of what he was to what he wanted to become to what he became, and just his journey by himself. It took you on a, it took you for a The beginning of the movie is really weird because he's in there having sex with his, the two girls with his dad or something. It's, 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 it's really confusing. A really, he's in
0: some kind of weird depraved scene of some, some sort, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like really, his father brought him a gift of two women who were clearly there for him, but yeah. then also it looks like his dad took part of the women too, yeah. So and, and, I'm, I'm, and like, I'm like,
1: I'm like, where's this movie? Why did I pick this movie? Because at the beginning, I hated this movie, yeah. I was like, I don't even want to watch this movie. Yeah. But you stick with it and you start seeing, okay, well, here's this, here's this. Oh, this is okay, this is falling into place for, oh, look at this, he's got a nice yeah. girl, but those two girls came and all they talked about was. Wanted to marry an officer, Wanted to marry an officer, they were gold diggers, mm. especially her friend. Her friend was really bad, yeah. Um, but she wasn't much better no, at the but beginning, you, you, but I think she genuinely did fall in love with him, and that's yeah, why yeah. it hurt so much. But she said, You're just gonna leave me yeah. because he didn't want nothing to do with her. He's yeah. like, I'm leaving, I don't yeah. want nothing to do with her. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And, and her
0: friend works as a cautionary tale for her, typically, like you could see easily the worlds could be reversed in their scenarios,
1: and they're both aware of that, and they're right, yeah, to for me. This movie, and I told you this when I watched it, because it's, it's a long movie. It's well, it felt long, longer than it should. Mm. I said, Kyle, this is almost close to a perfect, close to a perfect movie, and because I said t- took time and I sat there and I reflected it. So for me, I'm going to give this a nine, and the only reason I do is because I enjoyed the journey that it took me on. A lot of movies we watch, they're either eh, they're okay. There's nothing really there's nothing really that you get from the movie. Yeah. This movie you can take something away from the movie and makes you feel. you know when you get a movie that makes you get into your feels whether oh I hate this person I can't believe this guy died you know you're sitting there why am why do I have tears in my eyes this guy hanging in the shower because you were so attached to Richard Gere's character in this movie that it just crushes you. Oh yeah. And I mean when I watched that my, my I was like You know Then he just gets mad And he throws her away You know But then his redemption When he comes back to At the end of the movie And he goes in there And he carries her away You're like Yes He got what Mm. he wanted Yes You were cheering for this guy The entire movie Except at the beginning Because you just like I hate this movie I don't ever want to watch it again Mm. But I think the redeeming qualities Of this movie Makes it a very good movie That I think people should watch Yeah Kyle All right, Jimbo I'll take it from me Um, I,
0: I have a softer opinion Of this film overall I think Uh But it's still an excellent movie in many regards. For me, this is probably closer to like. This is like a strong seven point five for me overall. Where it's like oh, I it. You give it a half star. Yeah, they get a half <laughs> star. And like, this, that, that's where it's got to sit because it's like I don't. I like yeah, it probably serves an eight, but like I feel like a seven. So seven point five. Cut the middleman. Get it done that way. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's a very strong film. I felt better about it after doing this podcast, honestly, just because like it did kind of bring together like okay, what are the strong scenes? Because the strong scenes are really strong, and there is character development in the scenes that I found were kind of boring originally. Because um, for me, like it's a it's a it's a fault of my expectations. Going to this film where I kept watching it and kept waiting for something to happen because, like, for me, my mind was thinking like the seventy, the six-year time span to go from being an officer, you know, going to Canadian school to becoming an officer to you know. Flying jets, and I was thinking of that time frame for the whole movie. So the entire movie, I'm watching this like not paying attention in the runtime, I'm like, when are we gonna get to him being an officer and doing military stuff for the course of six years and then marrying David Winger in some time the period of that for? And then I was like, no, it's just those 12 weeks of it's training. The journey, it's just journey it's just the candidate school that we're focusing on, and that's the journey of his character development. Like, cool, that's Grant. I didn't realize that going in though, going to this film, because for me, when I heard the six years, that's when I thought was the real time span of this film. <laughs> I thought it'd be like a six year, you know, half a decade journey of his life and like falling in love with Deborah Winger and having a relationship with her and progressing their relationship together as like a married couple. That's what I was thinking of more of a larger time frame, that kind of situation. And so, like, as I slowly realized, like, no, the film is its own thing that I need to appreciate on that level. Going the set, going back a second time, I appreciate the film a lot more. I appreciate a lot more of the scenes as like interesting character development and like what they're trying to do in each other neutral scene. Um, so I appreciate the film on that level a lot better now. So like this film overall is a very strong movie and well worth watching back in the day. I do kind of agree with the sentiment of just like it feels like a film written in the fifties to a degree too, because it's a lot more sappy, a lot more cheesy, and a lot more straightforward than a lot of other films I think where if they would have had more twists and turns or more talker, you know, themes going on too, or this film has dark themes as well, but just not in the same kind of Way of dealing with them, I think. Um, but overall, I think this is a strong film. Like I said, it's a 7.5 in a me. I enjoyed it. I might revisit it again later and have another reprisal where I feel even stronger about it. But as it stands right now,
1: 7.5 but I, feels. I also love good. the. Um, Go for it. Where Louis Gossett Jr. and Richard Gere are he gets caught you know and he's making him do all that stuff in the rain mm-hmm. and then he's like quit you just quit he's like I'm not quitting yeah. I can't quit or whatever all I was all like, this is awesome he's like it's it's all I, I need it mm-hmm. he's like okay
0: get up <laughs> let's go like, okay get up okay fine you proved yourself enough to me all right good yeah which just goes to the role his role as a sergeant is uh, Louis Gossett does an incredible job oh, This whole fantastic. performance too there's so many different like character details I'm like okay this is actually an incredibly well thought through character too I even love the scene like after he's graduated and you watches them getting the new recruits and you can see the aspects of like how the sergeant is refining his craft for yeah. the new for the new group. but <laughs> right through the same yeah, thing. Yeah, he he's, he's, the the same, but he's also he's refining. Like he changes the punk rock. He does things like that too. He's just with the times. So he's adjusting his methods. And you and see Richard just weight. laugh. you don't give yeah. that smirk. <laughs> like like, <'cause> the <laughs> like, oh, okay. This is another. This is another. You know, twelve weeks for him. He just he knows the routine. Yeah. But also he still is refining it too. Of doing a better job at it too. It's such an interesting role of like understanding the sergeant's role as a trainer and as a drill instructor in this scenario that I really appreciate too because that's. A, it's, it's a under underappreciated role in life, I think. Right, <laughs> so really cool in that aspect too. So once again, I'm at a seven point five. That's how I feel about the film. You have a strong, much stronger nine. So you know, overall, it's still a solid film, worth watching Washington time too. Right. But, so
1: Kyle, mm-hmm. um, as this film's uh, coming to a close. Would you like to tell people the movie you chose to cover the next time we record? That's right. The movie I chose the next time to record would be
0: True Lies, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and Jamie Lee Curtis. That's right.
1: Uh, man, I haven't seen that thing in yeah. forever. I know, uh, but it's so got
0: re-released in 4K. Unfortunately, the rematch is a little bit rough, but it? it's still a good movie overall. Right. They, it looks like maybe possibly an AI upscale thing, too, or a general, like smoothing over the edges. Like They didn't get the film grain in that cut, but that's
1: we'll get to that in the podcast
0: <laughs> for that recording. But, Jimbo, which movie are you going to recover?
1: Well, well, I'm not going to say it until we re- do yours, and then I'll tell you my thing. All right, so Jimbo. We'll save it for them We'll for save later. it for them. So that, we need to try to get back on and tell them what the movies we're going to do so they can watch it ahead of time and, and yeah, listen that's along. That's a good so. idea, Jimbo. Well, with that being said, I think this episode's coming to a close and that's a wrap. And cut.